0: The IT security skills gap continues to plague organizations victimized by so-called securities technology sprawl. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group, and to discuss the skills gap and security technology sprawl, I'm pleased to be joined by David Scherer, Executive Director of ISC Square, the IT security education and certification organization. Welcome, David. Good to be with you, Eric. A recent study conducted by Frost and & Sullivan and co-sponsored by ISC Square says security technology sprawl is weighing on organization security teams' effectiveness and efficiency. What is security technology sprawl and how is it having an adverse effect on effectiveness and efficiency?
1: I think in an effort to get a handle on improving security postures, organizations uh, can often be drawn into the attractiveness of the next tool that uh, may in fact be pitched as the silver bullet. But I think what the workforce is finding that uh, when you approach it this way and you're not looking at it from an architected fashion and, and looking at how these tools are going to be blended together and how you're going to support them, that the workforce itself is starting to see you know, tool sprawl and you know, you've got people trying to look for the types of analytics and, and get their arms around the massive amount of monitoring and logs that need to be parsed through and analyzed, and in trying to achieve that end, organizations are finding that uh, they may be running too quickly to various new tools at the expense of understanding how they're going to all work in a complementary way.
0: In other words, these tools end up producing more work for people who aren't there to do the work.
1: They can produce more work. They can also produce logs and, and alerts and things that no one's actually looking at or has the time to respond to, and that's not productive either.
0: No doubt many organizations want to hire qualified IT security practitioners, and many have the money to do so, but they just can't find them. 62% of the IT security professionals questioned in the survey say their organizations have too few cybersecurity staffers. That's up six percentage points in two years. To address the immediate need of skills shortages, what are or should organizations do?
1: Well, it's it's an excellent question. I mean, also within the survey, you see that the average age is forty-two years of age, and you know six percent of the respondents of the survey are under the age of thirty. We so definitely have a, a challenge in funneling, you know, the millennials and the younger generation into the workforce while organizations like IC squared strive to, to make a positive change to that dynamic organizations really uh, probably need to be looking internally and seeing people that may be in other skills or you know there are IT professions uh, that uh, maybe with uh, some training and certification they could draw from that that part of the workforce to try to address the need but Really, it's it, it's trying to find a stopgap measure while we try to solve the bigger problem, and that is, you know, we have an aging workforce, and we don't seem to be effectively drawing more young interest into the profession. The workforce is undersized, overworked, and uh, there's stress associated with that, and that's also opening organizations up to, to vulnerabilities because they just can't keep up with, uh, with all the challenges that they're faced with.
0: Are there certain kinds of vulnerabilities that are more evident because of a lack of IT security professionals?
1: Probably the one that I'm most concerned about with this survey in particular is, you know, the social engineering tactic of of phishing. It's not necessarily related just to the number of people within the workforce. It's the fact that um, we're seeing that end-user education seems to be decreasing. I've found in my career, it's not that the workforce is excited about sitting through an end-user security awareness training session, but it's vitally important because you have all the folks out there that that, uh, can expose the company through phishing and, negate a lot of invested uh, time both by staff and and tools and establishing a security posture by clicking on a link that they think is innocuous but ends up uh, launching an internal attack or an external attack uh, as a result of that that can really put a company in a tough spot.
0: Is is it just the awareness problem because obviously there have been organizations that have awareness training where they have been victimized by phishing attacks?
1: Yeah, I just think that the, that they're getting so good at, at creating these emails and, and and the social engineering approach that you, you really think that it's someone you know or it's a legitimate email, and you know it's almost gotten to the point that you just want to say, don't click on anything that's in that's in an email because you know it's. So increasingly hard to discern whether it's a legitimate email to you or somebody externally trying to exploit you to further exploit your organization.
0: Yeah, I I feel that because there have been times that I've seen attachments and I question that and then there are times I click on it and say, oops, did I just do something I shouldn't? And I'm aware of it, and I'm sure that I'm sure a lot of people are in that situation too.
1: Well, you might not realize it too. It seems like you just open a file, but in background, you know, you launch some type of code that compromises your system, or just lays in waiting for some other event to happen.
0: I, I do want to get to sort of the, the, the concerns uh, I know you want to address on how do we handle getting more people involved in IT security. But do you have any other ideas about what organizations can do now in five years? There's some concern about, uh, I think, a 1.5 million IT security professional shortage. Is, that's a worldwide figure, I believe, isn't it?
1: Yes, yes. That, that's projection. Well, this this is just my opinion on it, Eric. You know, sometimes we create these CXO positions like the CIO or the CTO you know, things go wrong and, and people want, uh, you know, the, the term, you know, they want the one throat to choke, so they create a, a CXO position, you know, chief technology officer to make sure nothing goes wrong with technology, chief information officer to make sure nothing goes wrong with information. Now we have the chief information security officer, uh, and, and, you know, so in, in some eyes, you know, now we have a leader in that area, and so we fix the problem, but it couldn't be further from the truth because... You know, information security, cybersecurity is an organization-wide responsibility. And, and it's very infrequent that a chief information security officer has line authority on everyone that touches or manages information technology that can provide access to the company's infrastructure and information assets. So I, I would say that there is something that the, we can spread the responsibility and try to find ways to leverage existing staff but that starts at the top of an organization recognizing you have to take a programmatic, holistic approach to your information security program and that there's responsibility across the entire organization. From the end user that may click on that link that thinks it's an innocuous attachment that spawns, you know, an attack that negates a lot of hard work, uh, you know, to the CEO, you know, looking at uh, making sure that there's proper staffing and and empowering the Chief Information Security Officer, whether not through line authority, but through policies and procedures that that position the organization for better success.
0: So let's look at the future. You just mentioned there is a projected shortage of 1.5 million uh, IT security professionals in another five years. What can be done to attract more people to the profession in five years, hence, and even 10 years? Because that's going to come up quickly.
1: Well, we're trying to leverage, through our foundation, our Safe and Secure Online Program, and that's where we go into to schools and teach children, parents and teachers, how we can protect our children when they're online. And, you know, there's so many predatory activities that take place, and our children are vulnerable, and we're actually adding a seniors program as well. But relative to the children, we're also expanding that to, you know, to, to reach out to them that, that information security and cybersecurity is a stable and rewarding career and try to spawn interest. To complement that, we're working with the middle schools and, and high schools to look at curriculum that we can drive into the schools so that when, when these uh, kids start to get older, there are programs there and, and courses that they could take that could maybe funnel them into the workforce, and then outside of middle school and high school, we're working with, um, to create a joint framework with industry and academic cooperation to bridge the workforce gap and try to address this increasing demand for qualified cybersecurity professionals. And that we do through sometimes licensing our content, sometimes we co-develop content, sometimes we merely have conversations with uh, with colleges and universities about how they might be able to take an approach to, to get a, a cybersecurity program underway and attract people maybe from computer science and other stem type of you know science technology engineering and mathematics programs
0: in the cybersecurity. you know I, I spoke i'm speaking to you i spoke to many other people in positions like yours about this profession you know people are say wonderful things about the, the challenge of the professions how exciting it could be how well people can be compensated but if people still aren't being attracted to it is it just a lack of People with the skills out there, or is there a marketing problem that the IT security profession faces that uh, that they just can't attract people who are going to, who have maybe the the know how but going to other fields?
1: That's such an insightful question, right? It's really the soft underbelly of that we're trying to figure out. Uh, where are we missing? Is it our messaging? Why are we not able to do this? And and it tends to be somewhat regional. You know, I, I say that because if you look at the United States, the United States has specific challenges with STEM. And attracting, you know, people into the science, technology, engineering, and mathematics types of degrees. Now, that same problem doesn't uh, exist, or it's certainly not at the degree in, in Asia and other parts of the world. If you're not going to get folks into the STEM type of programs, they are probably not going to be people that go on and get into the workforce. And I'm not saying that, you know, formal education is the only way by which to get people into the workforce. But I also think that, you um, it's known that it's long hours uh, and, you know, no one in this profession works an eight-hour day, you know. Uh, they're grinding it out and then if there's an incident that they have to respond to or their concerns, you know, no one's watching the clock. It's it, You don't go home uh, until, you know, you've re- remediated or you get some sense of, of confidence that, that your organization's not at risk. So I think there's, there's that dynamic that, you know, uh, people understand that it's a grind. And then I think, you know, the young... They have been so exposed to technology, and it's the same thing in our personal lives. Technology can come with such great convenience. The other side of that is, is that convenience opens up attack vectors for folks that want to use the convenience to their means and to their end game. Uh, and, and those are the bad actors that try to exploit the, the uh, convenience. But I think you know some of our young go well. Do I want to be a part of something that's that's uh, you know? The folks that are out there saying, no, you can't do this, or this probably isn't the safest thing to do. So I think we, we need to find a, a way to, to improve our messaging uh, and, and, and reach out to, to the young, maybe perhaps in different ways. And we're looking at that uh, just trying to better understand millennials and, and understand, are, are, we, are we speaking to them wrong? Uh, is there some other way that we can, can attract the conversation? Because I do think that once they get exposed to you know what truly is happening within the workforce, we see, we see there's great interest. It's getting uh, it's that, and I, I think through our Safe and Secure Online program, hitting more and more of our young early on, uh, I think that can have a, make a difference. But this isn't a one-year type of turnaround. This is going to take a sustained, concerted effort to, to change uh, what we're seeing and to try to address that delta of $1.5 million by 2020. Thanks, David. Very good. I appreciate it, Eric. appreciate the interest.
0: That's David Shearer of ISC Square.